The United States is waging a new Cold War on both China and Russia. It's very clear in the proxy war in Ukraine, in which the U.S. and the European Union have a brutal economic war on Russia. They're waging a proxy war via Ukraine. We also see that the United States is threatening China by supporting secessionist movements in Taiwan, in Hong Kong, in the Xinjiang province in western China, in Tibet. The U.S. has a long history of supporting, supporting secessionist movements to try to divide and weaken China. And in this new Cold War, the second Cold War, that the West, the U.S., you know, North America, and, and Europe are waging on uh, China and Russia, a lot of the global South is neutral or they're simply on the side of China and Russia. And a country that has a very interesting role in all this is Malaysia. Malaysia is a major country in Southeast Asia. It's part of the ASEAN Alliance of Southeast Asian Nations. It's part of the non-aligned movement. And Malaysia historically has often leaned actually toward the Western powers, especially during the first Cold War. Malaysia does not have a history of having, you know, leftist anti-imperialist governments like, you know, Vietnam or China. But uh, interestingly, Malaysia's political class and especially its longest serving prime minister, uh, Mahathir Mohamad, have been very critical of Western policies. And Mahathir Mohamad, the longest serving Malaysian prime minister, did an interview with the Associated Press in which he harshly criticized the West for pushing for war on China. He also criticized the Western proxy war on Russia via Ukraine. This is an, an interview that was published on August 19th by the Associated Press. It's titled, Malaysia's Mahathir says U.S. seeking to provoke war in Taiwan. This is what Malaysia's pr longest serving prime minister, he, he's not currently prime minister, but he was the longest serving prime minister of Malaysia, Mahathir Mohamad. The Associated Press writes that former Malaysian Prime Minister Mahathir Mohamad accused the U.S. of trying to provoke a war in Taiwan. He warned that the U.S. was antagonizing China through recent visits to Taiwan by House Speaker Nancy Pelosi and others. And then Mahathir Mohamad said, quote, China has allowed Taiwan to remain by itself, no problem. They didn't invade. If they wanted to invade, they could have invaded. They didn't. But America is provoking them so that there can be a war so that the Chinese will make the mistake of trying to occupy Taiwan, said Mahathir, who's now 97 years old. And then he continued. He said, then there is an excuse for the U.S. to help Taiwan even fight against China and sell a lot of arms to Taiwan. So he's saying that the, the U.S. military industrial complex wants to profit off of a war with China via Taiwan, selling weapons and military technology. And then I skipped down in this interview. He talked about corruption in local politics. And then here it returns to discussion of international politics. Mahathir described U.S. President Joe Biden as an ineffective leader. And he criticized Biden saying he's very anti-Islam. He allows Israel to commit all kinds of crimes, genocide, and he does nothing. He supports them. And Mahathir also criticized the European Union over the proxy war in Ukraine. He said, quote, 
what NATO is doing, the EU is doing, is to provoke some more and asking the Ukrainians to fight. They promised to accept Ukraine into NATO, but they didn't. So I want to stress this point. This man here, Mahathir Mohamed, he is not a leftist. He's not an anti-imperialist. In fact, for many decades, Malaysia has had a series of conservative prime ministers. Mahathir Mohamed himself has had some, some conservative social and cultural policies. I'm not, I'm not praising him as some kind of model leader, but I think that his views on politics and economics, as I'll come to in a second, reflect uh, ideas that are very common across the global south. He's very critical of Western imperialism. He's very critical of the legacy of colonialism. And as I'll show later in this analysis, he also is very critical of Western neoliberal capitalist economics. He's not a socialist, but he recognizes the, the um, exploitation, the inherent exploitative nature of the capitalist system and how Western colonialist powers have used capitalism and free markets to exploit countries across the global south. So even though he's not a socialist, even though he has some conservative views, he actually, I think, he has a very interesting and sophisticated criticism of Western imperialism. And I think this is a perspective that is shared across the global south among many countries, even among leaders who are not as very ideological, you know, like revolutionary leaders in countries like, you know, Cuba, Venezuela, Nicaragua, Vietnam, uh, Laos, China, Zimbabwe, Angola. He represents, I think, a lot of nationalist leaders in the global south. He's against colonialism. He wants to develop his country. He also has an idea of, you know, Islamic welfare support, uh, Islamic democracy. So I think his views are really interesting to understand how a lot of leaders in the global south are not on board with the Western Cold War on China and Russia. They're very critical of the U.S. and Europe for pushing for constant war. And I should point out, by the way, that when he was prime minister of Malaysia for two decades, Mahathir actually was not very pro-China. And I think that's another reason that he can be seen as a more neutral figure and speaking more objectively. He took some actions actually against China when he was prime minister. Now, there are other people in Malaysian politics who are extremely anti-China. He, he, he doesn't represent like the anti-China wing, but I would not in any way call him pro-China. He objectively, I think, can can speak about what a lot of people in the global south are thinking and seeing in this international crisis, this international proxy conflict between the West and China and Russia. This is an interview that he did in 2019 with a media outlet called The Star. And it says, Mahathir, we can learn a lot from China. I'm not going to play the audio because it has music and I don't want to have an issue with like copyright infringement. So I'm just going to go through and read the subtitles of some of the comments he made in this interview. And Mahathir said, I have been asked everywhere I go, what do you think about China? Aren't you afraid of China? And then he said, we have had relations with China for almost 2000 years. China never conquered us, but the Europeans came. Two years after they came here, they conquered us. I should point out that, uh, and then he says, so we are more afraid of the Europeans than we are of China. I should point out that Britain, the British Empire, colonized Malaysia, turning, it, turning the area into what was called Malay for a while. It was a British colony for 
almost 200 years, and then it finally got independence from British colonialism in 1957. So he's saying, China never colonized us, the Europeans did. We are more afraid of the Europeans than we are of China. He said, China can play a very big role, not least because it is a very big country. They can play a role in growing the economy of the world by their own action. And certainly for Malaysia, this has already happened. And he said Malaysia, you know, benefited from China's economic reforms. And he goes on, you know, China has developed technology and made great strides. And he continues, he says, we feel that China is a good model for us and we can learn a lot from China. Again, this guy is not a socialist. He's in some ways conservative, although it doesn't really map exactly the same way of like, a, you know, Western conservatism because his economic views are in some ways more progressive he, on his on cultural and issues. He's sometimes a little more conservative, but I'll, as I'll show in a second, his economic views are not at all in, in align, alignment with, you know, Western right wingers. He said, long ago, I had advocated the revival of the Silk Road. That is the land route from China right up, right up to Europe. But what, what Mr. Xi Jinping said is that besides the Silk Road, he is also taking into consideration the sea route. Of course, Xi Jinping is the Chinese president. And the sea route is very important. The Silk Road is by land, and of course, it is faster. But the sea route is capable of carrying bigger quantities, using bigger ships, and that will facilitate trade between east and west. In the promotion of relations between countries, the distance as well as the speed of travel is very important. With this scheme, I'm quite sure more ships will be passing near Malaysia and Southeast Asian countries, and therefore it will increase trade between Southeast Asia and China. And then he continues talking. So anyway, I think this, once again, is really interesting because it shows the view of a lot of leaders in the Global South who might be kind of neutral in the new Cold War. They don't necessarily have an ideological commitment to one side, but they can clearly see that the West colonized them and imposed brutal policies of capitalist exploitation on them. So they're often much more sympathetic to China. And we see this also in a very interesting interview that was done back in 2001 with PBS, the US state media outlet. This was a fascinating interview done with Malaysia's Prime Minister Mahathir. And again, this is PBS, completely mainstream US media. And it shows that the myth that neoliberal free market capitalist policies led to economic growth in Asia is false. There's this idea that the so-called Asian tigers, you know, like Singapore, which is a neighbor of Malaysia, used to be part of Malaysia, that Singapore and Korea, South Korea, that these countries develop their economies based strictly on, you know, freeing the market and privatization. I mean, it ignores the fact that Singapore has a very authoritarian government and South Korea had an authoritarian dictatorship right up until the 1980s and 90s that was firmly backed by the U.S. empire. So, I mean, no, uh, Mahathir Mohamed, uh, he, this, this interview in PBS points out that he has overseen Malaysia's transformation into one of the wealthiest nations in Southeast Asia. And he is also a vocal critic of Western-style globalization. Western-style globalization is another term for imperialism, another term for neoliberalism. And neoliberalism really represents the phase of capitalism of U.S. unipolar hegemony, of U.S. imperialist domination of the entire planet.
in which Wall Street ruled the entire world and Wall Street planned the global economy. As the economist Michael Hudson often says, the U.S. is one of the most centrally planned economies in the world, but it's not planned by the state. It's not planned by, you know, elected government. It's planned by unelected corporations and banks on Wall Street. So this is a very fascinating interview that shows some of the economic views of Mahathir, who, although, again, he has some conservative political views on economics, he's actually very progressive and has a sophisticated critique of imperialism and capitalism and neoliberalism. So this interview, again, from 2001, the interviewer from PBS begins saying that back at the end of the first Cold War, you said that capitalism was capitalism with a big C, not democracy. So Mahathir had made comments criticizing capitalism for being anti-democratic. And here Mahathir, again, he's not a socialist. He's a kind of, you know, um, Islamic welfare state promoting, um, in some ways conservative, but in other ways kind of social democratic figure economically. It, it, again, it doesn't neatly fit on these lines of being a, like a socialist or whatever you want to call his, his ideology. But again, listen to what he has to say. Once communism was defeated at the, at the end of the first Cold War, of course, then capitalism could expand and show its true self. It's no longer constrained by the need to be nice so that people will choose their so-called free market system as opposed to the centrally planned system. So because of that, nowadays, there is nothing to restrain capital and capital is demanding that it should be able to go anywhere and do whatever it likes. And the interviewer said, you also, you also said that capitalism can be linked to the new imperialism. Instead of bombs, instead of nuclear warheads, capital is the new weapon. Can you tell us what you mean by that? And Mahathir responded, in the old days, you needed to conquer a country with military force, and then you could control that country. Today, it's not necessary at all. You can destabilize a country, make it poor, and then make it request help. And in exchange for the help that is given, you gain control over the policies of the country. And when you gain control over the policies of a country, effectively, you have colonized that country. So again, a very sophisticated critique of capitalism and imperialism and neoliberalism from this Malaysian politician. It, honestly, if you this speech could sound like it was from Hugo Chavez, an, an open socialist. It shows that, you know, this at the, the beginning of this interview, um, PBS praised Mahathir for overseeing Malaysia's transformation into one of the wealthiest nations in Southeast Asia. The idea that Southeast and East Asia developed economically and became these massive economic powerhouses with neoliberal economics, just privatizing everything and letting the free market reign supreme and corporations control everything. It's false. It's not true. It's a lie. It is Western neoliberal propaganda that is spread to convince everyone that capitalism after hundreds of years of capitalist colonial genocide and exploitation is responsible for creation of wealth. No, the West, the imperialist West did not become wealthy because of capitalism's, you know, internal dynamics. It became wealthy through imperialism and colonization of the global South. And now countries in the global South are developing their economies, not based on a free market capitalist model of this neoliberal privatize everything, but rather on a model in many countries, like in Malaysia, 
of a, a mixed model with significant state regulation of the economy. It's not, a, it's not a socialist model, but it's certainly not a neoliberal capitalist model. And we can see this very clearly from Mahathir's comments condemning capitalism and condemning neoliberalism and imperialism. So this interview continues and says, Friedrich von Hayek, Milton Friedman, and others would say that free markets work. These are, of course, the neoliberal, libertarian, right-wing free market e economists who also strongly supported imperialism and, I mean, also whitewashed fascism and loved Pinochet and influenced the fascist U.S.-installed Chilean dictator Pinochet. So anyway, uh, and, and then the interviewer says, free markets should be left alone to rule the world and prosperity would follow. What do you think would happen if free markets are left unregulated? Mahathir responded, if they are left unregulated, then they will profiteer because the market is all about making profits, as much profit as possible, and they will do anything in order to increase their profits. One thing companies will do is to become monopolies. If they could monopolize something, they could corner the market. Then they can enrich themselves. What happens to people? That is irrelevant to them. They are not in the business of attending to the social needs of people. They are only thinking about their profit. And if you allow the market to go free, unregulated, then the world will face monopolies of giants who will not care at all what happens to people. You reach the stage of a monopoly. You don't have to bother because whatever you produce, people have to buy anyway. That will lead to a deterioration in the quality of things. So it is not true at all that a free market will ensure a democracy. It doesn't. Very sophisticated critique of capitalism. Again, this worldview is shared, this ideology is shared by many people in the global south who understand the role of capitalism in imperialism and exploitation. He talks about making a balance between a free market and regulations, which are essential in order to safeguard the interests of consumers and of people in general. That is anathema to Western neoliberal capitalism. You're not allowed to have regulation because the free market is supposed to run everything. Corporations are supposed to run everything. So now it talks about meetings that and discussions that Mahathir had with Western neoliberal politicians, including, you know, Larry Summers, Bill Clinton. Of course, neoliberalism is not a reference in any way to a left-wing ideology. Neoliberalism, neoliberalism was born in the Ronald Reagan era. It's bipartisan. After Ronald Reagan, every single U.S. president has been a neoliberal, pushing for neoliberal capitalist economics. So Mahathir explains... We believe in trade, but we don't believe in just being a market for other people. But the stress is on market opening. So he's saying that, that, that Western politicians constantly call for Malaysia and countries in the global south to open the market. He pointed out that, uh, that you know, when he met with these pol U.S. politicians, they said, your market is a closed market. He said... We believe in trade, but we don't believe in just being a market for other people. But this Western stress is on market opening. Even if you open your market to us, we have very little to sell other than raw materials. Of course, Western imperialists, they want to exploit the raw materials of the global south and then, and then use their markets to s sell them processed goods. That is how capitalism works. That's how, the, that's how imperialism works. 
That's basic world systems analysis. It's raw materials are extracted from the global south, labor is exploited in the global south, and then those raw materials are sent to the imperial core and processed and turned into consumer goods. And then those consumer goods are exported to the global south, and then people buy those consumer goods in the global south, and the process continues. And there's very little economic development in the global south because it's all about extraction of wealth from the global south on behalf of the imperial core. That's how capitalism functioned for hundreds of years. But with the rise of a socialist model, you know, led by China, Vietnam, Laos, other countries adopting, you know, more state-led economic models and mixed economic models, we can see that they're pushing back against this Western neoliberal model. So Mahathir points out that in terms of finished product, we must sell more raw material all the time in order to buy less and less finished product. So when you're talking about opening markets, you're talking about the rich people who can manufacture goods with added value and selling it in our markets, not the other way around. Once again, he is explaining how imperialism works at a basic level. This is the economics of imperialism. And Mahathir is not a self-identified socialist. He doesn't call himself a socialist or an anti-imperialist, but he understands how capitalism and imperialism work. And basically, from his analysis, he has a socialist critique of capitalism and imperialism. He just doesn't call himself that. And you can see this. Certainly, there are capitalists in the global south. I'm not romanticizing all leaders in the global south. There are you know, capitalists and compradors and traders and people who sell out their country and collaborate with Western imperialism. But this is a an Islamic nationalist who's making a critique of capitalism that you can also hear in a country like Iran. Iran does not have a socialist economy, but it does have significant state control over the economy. It's gas and oil are owned by the state and run by state-owned companies. And they have a, a sophisticated critique of capitalism and imperialism, like this Malaysian prime minister, Mahathir. So again, I, I think this should kind of complicate our understanding of global politics and how imperialism and capitalism work, because a lot of people on the receiving end of capitalism and imperialism, they understand that they're giving, given the, this bad end of the deal. They understand that they're being exploited. And they might not call themselves socialists, but they might have actually a kind of socialist critique of capitalism. So now Mahathir criticizes the Washington Consensus, which is this neoliberal policy that the U.S. had imposed around the world during this, the peak of U.S. unipolar imperialist hegemony in the 1990s and early 2000s. Again, this interview was conducted in 2001. So keep in mind the time period we're talking about. Mahathir is asked about what he thinks about the Washington Consensus. And Mahathir says, Washington itself implied that this is something out of the rich Western countries. And if they agree on something that is to be imposed on the rest of the world, it means that there is no consultation. It should be a world consensus, not a Washington Consensus. Every time we are up against this understanding there, we find that they are all designed in order to be in their favor, to enrich them, in fact, and it would be at our expense. That is why we feel a need to resist the Washington Consensus. Once again, he recognizes that this neoliberal model of capitalism benefits the rich imperialist countries, largely in the West, at the expense of the global South.
And Mahathir is a nationalist who wants to develop his country, Malaysia. So the interviewer continues, let's talk more about the Washington consensus and the American desire for Asia to open her markets. Was the head of the IMF, it's the International Monetary Fund, which is dominated by the United States, was the IMF coming to you and saying, what you should do is open your capital markets. It will make you prosperous. Was there other talk of American free marketeers as evangelists who were like missionaries going out to Asia and spreading the gospel of the free market? And then Mahathir says, various delegations came from America, that is the United States, one of which was headed by former Secretary of State Alexander Haig, and they were insisting that we allow American banks to operate as national banks in this country, in Malaysia. We pointed out that if they come in, their size would smother the Malaysian banks. But we were told, this is good for you because they're going to bring in their expertise and efficiency and things would be stimulated by their participation. So this is the neoliberal model, right? This is exactly what they're describing. In this interview, they refer to this as globalization, but globalization has existed for hundreds of years. European colonialists did not invent globalization. There was trade between countries around the world for hundreds of years, for thousands of years. And look at the first Silk Road, the original Silk Road. That was a different kind of globalization. Globalization does not mean the same thing as neoliberalism. But of course, this interview was done in 2001. And since the overthrow of the Soviet Union and the socialist bloc in 1991, since the end of the first Cold War, globalization has basically meant neoliberalism and imperialism. And people today, when they talk about globalization, they are, they're just actually referring to neoliberal globalization and imperialism. And when people talk about so-called globalism, I mean, there are right-wingers and conservatives who, when they say globalism, they're basically just, it's a conspiracy theory for like Jews or what, some anti-Semitic thing or like the Illuminati or whatever. No, there's no such thing as globalism. It's called imperialism. And globalization in this era of globalization is neoliberal capitalism. It's the neoliberal phase of capitalism after the end of Keynesianism and the rise of Ronald Reagan in the U.S., Margaret Thatcher in the U.K., the imposition of U.S. unipolar imperialist hegemony. When they're talking about globalization, that's what we're specifically talking about. And here you can see very clearly that Mahathir understands that neoliberal globalization is all about forcing Western capital on countries in the global south to destroy the economic sovereignty of countries in the global south, to destroy local national industry, to destroy small businesses and local industry, and allow large corporations from the West to control the entire world. So Mahathir continues and says, we have a responsibility to protect our local banks. We told them, that is, we told the U.S., that we are not yet ready for that. Wait until we are big enough, and then you can come in. National status is what we use to protect our weak businesses, banks, and industries so that they have a chance to survive. But if you allow at that early stage for foreign companies to attain national status, then there's no way we can protect our own businesses. What he's talking about here is economic nationalism. He might not call himself a socialist. It's basically a step towards socialism, but it's economic nationalism. It's protectionism. It's saying that we do not simply allow capital 
to control our countries. We do not have this free market capitalist model. And this is how Malaysia developed itself economically. It was not from freeing the market. It was the exact opposite. It was regulating the market. It was preventing Western corporations from destroying local industry to develop national industry in Malaysia in order to develop wealth in Malaysia. This is how the East Asian and Southeast Asian countries actually have risen out of poverty and developed their economies. It's not because of Western neoliberal snake oil, pseudoscience, these fake economics programs. That's not actually how a country develops. Neoliberalism is the phase of capitalism of U.S. unipolar hegemony, and it's all about exploiting countries in the global south on behalf of Western finance capital at the expense of their own national interest. And this Malaysian leader, the longest serving prime minister of Malaysia, Mahathir Mohamed, he recognizes that. So the interviewer from PBS continues and he says, when you had people saying you should let in the Western banks, how did you feel? It's all about feelings. How did you feel? Did you feel that this was wrong for Malaysia, that it was imperialistic? And Mahathir responds, we had just attained independence not so very long ago. Malaysia was colonized again by Britain for nearly 200 years. It obtained independence from British colonialism in 1957. So this is, and this interview was done in 2001, less than 50 years after independence from British colonialism. So here Mahathir recognizes, he understands how neocolonialism functions. He said, we had just attained independence not so very long ago. And to us, independence means the right to rule our country in our own way and to be entrusted with the national policies. But what they are saying, he's saying Western neoliberals, but what they are saying is that it is not good to be independent. You should open up and let everybody in and let them do what they like. We feel that that is not right. It always reminds me of the banana republics in Central America, where the power of the estate owners, that is the landowners, the big corporations, exceeded the power of the president. They were actually able to manipulate politics and put in a president who was favored by them. We don't want that to happen here. So again, this is a critique of neocolonialism, understanding that just being independent on paper, having political independence from European colonialism is not enough. They also need economic independence and allowing Western banks and corporations to dominate your local industry and destroy your local industry is not independence. That's neocolonialism. So he continued. This is the interviewer speaking here. Now with the updating or the transformation of the old Bretton Woods institution, the GATT into the WTO, the World Trade Organization, the GATT, the G-A-T-T stands for the General Agreement on Tariffs and Trade. It goes back to 1947 and the creation of the Bretton Woods system. There are the so-called new rules of the game. And they're talking about the World Trade Organization here. And basically it is neoliberalism. What was your perception of this changing nature of the WTO and whose interest it served? And Mahathir responds, the new rules of the game actually implies moving the goalposts further and further away from us. This is what is meant by new rules. As soon as you show an ability to cope with the rules, they change the rules. Then you have to begin all over again, and you are constantly being destabilized. So he's saying that the countries in the global south that finally were able to adapt to this economic financial system around the world, and they were able to finally develop their economies. Well, U.S. imperialism changes the rules 
in order to exploit countries in the global south because it doesn't want them to develop. It's not capitalism is not about development. It's about extra extraction of surplus value and profits. As as Mahathir pointed out at the beginning of this interview, he recognized very clearly capitalism is about profits. And after the overthrow of communism, capitalism could expand and show its true self. It's no longer constrained by the need to be nice so that people will choose their so-called free market system as opposed to the centrally planned system. Because of that, nowadays, there is nothing to restrain capital and capital is demanding that it should be able to go anywhere that it likes. This is him once again recognizing that, that now that these countries are able to develop themselves, they change the rules of the game. They move the goalposts. Now, if we can change the rules, then they would feel the same thing. But we are not allowed to change the rules. He's saying the Global South is not allowed to change the rules. We have to follow the rules as they keep on changing. And he's saying that the Western imperialist powers are the ones changing the economic rules. As they change, we have to accept them. And that is very destabilizing, very difficult for us to deal with. When we could hardly deal with the old rules, now we are faced with new rules. And then the interviewer says, who are the people making the rules? And Mahathir says, they seem to be coming out of the rich countries of the West mainly. So there you go. This is when, they, when the U.S. government talks about the rules-based order. These are the rules they're talking about. The rules-based order means the United States makes the rules and orders everyone around. It means Wall Street, the capitalists on Wall Street, the big corporations and big banks in the U.S., in New York and London, in Europe, Washington and Brussels, they make the rules and they order everyone around. And here, this Malaysian Prime Minister Mahathir recognizing, recognizes that. He and then the interviewer continues, developing countries at the last WTO meeting went to the big powers and asked for certain rights and they were stonewalled. How does that make you feel? Mahathir says, it makes me feel very bad. When developing countries, which is another term, a euphemism for formerly colonized countries, overexploited countries, countries that were overly exploited by capitalism. When they go to the World Trade Organization and register their protest over things, they should be heard. Their views should be considered by the rich countries. It would not do for the rich merely to dismiss the poor countries because they are weak, because they are in no position to do anything. That, I think, is very unfair and very undemocratic. We thought about democracy. We have to be democratic in each country, but there is no democracy at all in the management of affairs between nations. It is always the rights of the mighty, the mighty which prevails over the weak, and that is very primitive. So a very sophisticated critique of imperialism and how the West talks about the rules-based order, but actually it's just the rule of the jungle. It's might makes right. The mighty prevails over the weak. And as Mahathir says, that is a primitive system. It's not a system based on actual democracy. It's a system in which the rich imperialist countries have a dictatorship over the entire world and they dominate and exploit the global south. And then if the global south tries to criticize their capitalist exploitation, the countries in the global south are called authoritarian in scare quotes. They're called primitive in ironically, with this racist narrative, when in fact, as Mahathir says, it's the Western imperialist system, which is actually primitive. So the interviewer continues and says, 
Malaysia went from being a rubber plantation. Yeah, that is under British colonialism. It was a resource extraction hub, a colony in which the British Empire stole its natural resources to develop Britain and not to develop Malaysia. So the interviewer says, Malaysia went from being a rubber plantation to being one of the top 20 economies in the world. This is extraordinary growth. And he says, what was it like to witness and what do you think was responsible for that in Malaysia? Of course, Mahathir was part of that. He says, very early on, we discovered that there is no future in the kind of culture that was su suitable during the colonial days. He's talking about the colonial system of, you know, agriculture. And, and he said, because we have a big number of workers and they are largely unemployed, we decided that we should move into industry and create jobs. That's the main thing that we wanted to see, to create jobs for our people. So once again, the real way to develop your economy is not just to, to free the market and open it so Western corporations can control everything. It's to create a local industry, to develop your economy by creating industry. And it could be a state-led model. So this is a very long interview. I'm not going to read everything. It continues and continues and continues. I'm going to skip down to another part of this interview where they talk about the IMF. The interviewer at PBS says, people have described the IMF as being far from impartial. That's a euphemism. That's a, the understatement of the century. They're Euro-biased, American-biased. They came in after the crisis and they prescribed a certain medicine. Was it the right kind of medicine? And was the IMF the right group of people to be prescribing it? And Mahathir responds saying, it was not the right kind of medicine. That is why we refused from the very beginning to go to the IMF in order to ask for their help because we know it's not going to be helpful at all. And he said, we studied at the line the IMF was taking and all of their policies. Because of that, we refused to accept the IMF remedy. And we were observing what happened in other countries when they applied the remedy. There was no improvement. The only thing that happens in these countries is that we have now become more in debt to the IMF. And that is not going to be very good for the future. It is going to take a long time for them to pay off their debts. And then it continues. There's a lot of, it's a very interesting interview, but it's very long. So I'm not going to uh, read the rest of it, but I just wanted to highlight those comments that were made by the longest serving prime minister of Malaysia, PBS pointed out that Mahathir helped to oversee Malaysia's transformation into one of the wealthiest countries in Southeast Asia. And simultaneously, he was a vocal critic of Western-style globalization, that is, neoliberalism and imperialism. It's not a coincidence that he was both of those things. Those things go directly hand in hand. The way that Malaysia and other countries in Asia have been able to rise out of poverty and develop their economy is by, is by opposing neoliberalism, by opposing this Western imperialist model of neoliberal capitalism and trying, and hit, in Malaysia's case, a mixed model with, with state involvement in helping to develop local industry. Again, Mahathir is not even a socialist. He, 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 he's not, you know, praising China for its socialist model. He's saying that, look, objectively, China has lifted hundreds of millions of people out of poverty, and it could be a model for us. As he said, China could be a model for Malaysia and for much of the global south. So I thought it would be interesting to look at some of those views of this Malaysian leader who has 
on cultural and social issues has some conservative views. But actually, if you look at his economic position, it's leaning toward a kind of socialistic critique of capitalism or at very least a kind of social democratic critique. And, you know, he's demonized as anti-Western, but it's actually a more complicated situation. And a lot of people in the global south, a lot of leaders, especially in a country like Iran, if you look at how their economic policies function, they function on a very similar basis. It's not the neoliberal economic model that has led to economic growth in these countries in the global south. They recognize the inherent uh, exploitation in capitalism, and they're developing their own interesting economic model.